This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, Johnny, what's the secret of comedy? <laughs> I don't know. Timing. I mean, <laughs> timing. Uh, this episode was recorded a couple weeks ago. It's the Artist Insight Report on Morgan Wallen. And uh, obviously it happened before everything happened with Morgan Wallen. So we thought, do we go ahead and release this into the world or not? But we decided to because it's just about his music and it's not about uh, him as a person. We decided to go ahead and put it out anyway and you can, you can judge for yourself. There you go. It's all about the music, man. Today we're putting rising country star Morgan Wallen under the microscope. If you want country cuts, this one is a must listen. All right, Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music industry. That's what you're going to need to get ahead, guys. It's all about what you've done so far. It's not just about talent. Talent's 10% of it. It's 90% hustle and work. You know, how big is your audience? How many songs have you written? Do you have any cuts? Have you sold some records? Have you sold some merch? Are you selling tickets? That's what's going to get you to the next level. The good news is you don't need to ask anybody's permission because you can make all that happen by yourself. The bad news is you got to make it happen by yourself to do it. That's why we called it the climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's genius. It's a Baxter name from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And got two number ones last year on Southern Gospel, which is cool. So he's still turning them out. And what I love about Brent here is for the aspiring songwriter, he's going to teach you how to write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on a regular basis, he gets you in touch with the pros. So uh, you can find Brent very easily, if this sounds exciting to you, <laughs> at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns a Daredevil production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but thankfully, Johnny's smart, so he kind of makes up for it. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because, as we all know, there is no other Johnny D. Hey, man, how you doing? Man, I'm rocking along. If I ever sound a little bit out of breath on these, it's because I'm actually multitasking. I have a kettlebell in my hands right now, and it's just kind of moving around, standing up at my stand-up little workstation here as I'm recording. Nice. Moving around, trying to get a lot of stuff done at the same time. <laughs> you working out. We're kind of working out while we're working this thing out, helping other songwriters on their climb. I love it. What are we going to learn today? <laughs> All right. So today we're going to take a look at an artist insight report. So these are, if you're a member of the songwriting pro communities, like a membership subscriber and you have access to the members area, then you might have discovered the artist insight reports. They're fairly new. 
But what they are, is there a report that's designed to help you understand what artists tend to record and who they tend to work with? So they exist to help you get cuts, bottom line. So they're they're normally only for songwriting pro subscribers, but I thought we'd pull the curtain back on one of these newer ones and just share some of that with the climb community as well. And, you know, give you some insight into an artist. And this week we're doing Morgan Wallen, but we got a bunch in there. So if you're if song pro, if you're a member, go check out the member area. You can see more of these. I got a bunch more to come. And so we're going to dive into that today and just give you some insight on Morgan. Awesome. Well, before we do that, let's take care of a little business. We want to shout out to American Songwriter Magazine. We're super proud to be a part of their podcast network. And if you have been a climber for a while and you didn't discover us on American Songwriter Network, go check out some of their other podcasts too. They got some good stuff on there. Mm -hmm. And if you found us on American Podcast Network, well, welcome to the climb, baby. That's right. (laughs) Step into our nightmare. The water's warm. <laughs> we uh, we want you to join the Climb community as well. That's on Facebook. You have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. And this is a thriving group where co-writes are getting hooked up. People are asking promo questions. Anything having to do with the music industry, they're in there. And I'm trying to put informational stuff in there just to keep you up to date. Things I think you should pay attention to. If it rubs me the right way, I'm going to put it in the Climb mm-hmm. community on, on that group. So make sure you go there. We got any wins we want to talk about? We sure do. So every week we post our new heights segment in the climb community on Facebook. So big or small, we love them all. So please come by, share your wins. We celebrate together. So we got a couple. I want to highlight this one. This first one this is from a couple of weeks ago by the time this airs, but this is from Joe Sper- Sperenzella. Sorry if I butchered your name there. It says uh, my band, the Woodsman with a Z Woodsman has new music posted to various formats available for streaming today. So he's, He's putting something out into the world. So good job, Joe. Good luck with that. Nice. Publish, publish, publish. Yeah. That's right. Uh, James Kelso said, uh, I won the grand award for the Song Door International Songwriting Competition. So grand award for the Song Door International Songwriting Competition. Which Congratulations. Is help me get, yeah. So which is going to help me get three songs recorded. I also really hit it off with an accomplished uh, songwriter producer who wants to do some co-writing, been doing a lot of co-writes, and they have all been incredible. So been a pretty encouraging year so far. So there's great opportunities, Kelso. Yeah, yeah he's man, he's a good dude. He's in the uh, songwriting pro community. So I just got to see him at the co-writer cafe earlier this week. And man, he does some good stuff. He's had some songs make it through some of the play for publisher events that we've had and stuff. So he's, you know, he's top notch, man. He's doing good work and seems to be a really good dude. So I was happy to hear this for him. So making it happen. Yeah. Keep on climbing. Love it. Yep. So. So just make sure you leave a rating and review. We want to try to get to 200 on iTunes if you can get there. And then finally tell a friend about it. That's the big thing. If you're listening to it and you're spending this kind of time on it, it's creating some kind of value. It's not because you're trying to support us. It's, it's you're doing it for yourself as it should be. And mm-hmm. tell somebody else about, hey, man, you know, another musician, another songwriter, another artist. Hey, there's some good stuff on here you should listen to. Bring some ideas to back to your camp and try to make that climb happen. That's right. All right, so let's get into this. Let's get into incredible it. Incredible so. Morgan Wallenreich. Dude, I, this is a double record, and I, I listened to this whole thing twice. Like it's oh, man. really freaking good. Yeah, I've been tearing it up. I've really been enjoying what he's been putting out lately. So, yeah, it's a, Morgan just released a double record. It's called Dangerous, and it is, it's really good. It's really good. So if we just dive into it. So kind of the story behind these artist insight reports is, you know, as a writer who's actively writing and trying to get cuts, it's like there are always new artists and different stuff. There's like the more you can always dig in with these artists to try and kind of see the matrix 
you know, to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this stems from years ago when I had that person at a label challenge me to really take a look at what's really getting cut and let that inform my writing so I don't stay stale or stagnant or whatever. And I've done a couple of these before, like hit song breakdowns or hit album breakdowns on the climb before. And and I just wanted, uh, you know, it just needed an acronym to really stick, let's be honest. So it's, I call it Fresh Air, mm-hmm. A-I-R, Artist Insight Report. Ooh. And starting last semester, I started getting interns and that was one of my interns' jobs to put together the Artist Insight Reports. And so I thought, well, these are good for me to understand and to help them understand with like song plugging, with their A&R and my stuff. Like, what does this person cut? Do they cut any outside songs? Do they write everything? Or if they do cut outside songs, and they write, what do they tend to cut that's outside? You know, where are the, where are the gaps in the armor that maybe I can send a song through and, and fill a need? And, and just trying to get insight, right, on these artists because I, I want to solve a problem for them. So I'm trying to diagnose like where the opportunities are, maybe where the problems are. Like, oh, I don't write the up-tempo singles. I write all the ballads. Oh, great. Okay, I can solve a problem for you by presenting you with up-tempo single, that kind of stuff. And so I just had uh, Dawson last semester start putting together a bunch of insight reports. And, and this one today was done by Max, who's one of my interns this semester. And Hey, Max. Hey, Max. So uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Max. And so he put this together and it's everything like BPMs, producers, songwriters on each song, music notes, like meaning like, hey, what kind of vibe does it have? What's the subject matter? And just breaking it down. So, you know, I'm doing my listening, but I can just kind of reference a file on this artist to go okay boy they like they like these keys for their song they there's the stories they tend to tell here are their common co-writers you know and just trying to to find where the opportunities are so i thought okay if i'm having interns do this i want to share it with the the songwriting pro community members mm-hmm. and every once in a while let's share them with some climbers too so that's just kind of the background on the artist insight reports love yeah. it so you ready to start breaking this down yes sir I'm going to sound like Johnny. I'm going to throw numbers around because normally I don't do that on my episodes, but you know. And bore everybody to tears. Okay, go. All right. So this one, uh, so since this is a new double album, a lot of times I'll have people go back and and grab the last several singles and the last record, but we just, on this one, Max just did like the double record because it has the last couple singles on there and just breaking down the record. So double album Dangerous has 30 songs on it. So it's, I mean, it's really a triple record. To be honest, I mean, you think of normally 10 songs on a record, but there are, let's see, it's uh, released January 8th, 2021, produced by Joy Moy, uh, Jacob Durrett, Charlie Handsome, great name, Matt Dragstrom, and Dave Cohen. So like one, two, three, five different producers on there. Some of them are co-writers on some of the songs. So I would assume that they produced or co-produced the one that they helped write. So these may be producer writers, you know, track guys, maybe. You know, that's part of the value they bring in the room is being a writer and being a producer. So I thought that mm-hmm. was interesting. Like a lot of producers on there, but you got 30 songs. So let's look at co-writes. That's one of the first things I look for, because if the artist writes every single thing that they record, there's not much opportunity unless I'm in the room with them, at which we can aim at that. But that's a different path. So first thing I look at is co-writes. So Morgan Wallen co-wrote 17 of the 30 songs. So actually not as many as I would have assumed. I thought he was a writer. Just wow, that day. sounds short to me too, actually. Wow. I, yeah, I know. So it's barely over half. I'm like, all right, well, this is interesting. So that means, doing the math, he did not write on 13 of the 30. And one of those 13 is a Jason Isbell cover of Cover Me Up. So that was a big song for Jason, one of his more well-known songs, I guess. And so that one's a cover, one of those 13 that he didn't write as a cover. And that song will come back up 
a couple times because it's kind of an outlier on this record for a couple of reasons. One, it's the only cover, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll get to some other reasons. Notable co-writers. So a guy named Ernest Smith co-wrote 10 of the songs on this record. So like a third of them. Wow. Eight of them were Morgan Wallen co-writes. Two of them Morgan didn't write on, but Ernest wrote with other people. So he got a lot of cuts in there. So he's definitely in the camp, right? You got uh, Hardy or Michael Hardy, but the artist's name is Hardy with seven songs. Six of them are co-writes. One's an outside song. Let's see. You got uh, Ryan Votisak. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but he has seven songs on the record. Five are co-writes, two are outside songs. And then Ben Burgess has four songs on the record. Two of them are co-writes with Morgan and two of them are outside songs. So let's just break that down a little bit further. So I find it interesting that once you kind of do the math on these, you see the, a lot of the same names popping up on a lot of the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, so Morgan's writing with Hardy. He's writing with Ernest. And Hardy and Ernest and Ryan are writing with Ben, are writing with Morgan. Or, you know, it's like this round robin of like, this is a crew. You see those names popping up in different configurations on this thing. You're like, okay, th- I get a pretty good sense of who his crew is. Mm-hmm. It's these guys that are getting a bunch of cuts on his record. And they also have the relationship with him, apparently. He's cutting songs of theirs that he didn't even write on. And I think, okay, how are they getting, obviously, co-writes. You see the, the path there to victory, to getting a cut on there. It's like, okay, what What about Hardy, Ben, Ernest, and Ryan all had songs they didn't write with Morgan that made the record. So that's worth taking a look at. Well, how did that happen? Well, obviously, they're buddies with them. They must write a bunch with them because they all yeah. have multiple songs on the record, which means they, they've written together, right? So they, yeah, they've written together. And so they know what he does, right? So they have a good sense of what he does because they write with him a bunch. What is you know, artistic voices and also probably what he's missing and that kind of stuff. And having that relationship with him as co-writers, they can also throw a bunch of songs his way to pitch because of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So who knows how many they are like, Hey, let, let me hear this. Or are you just sitting around the campfire or the living or whatever you're hanging out? Like, let me play this thing that I wrote. Dude, that's awesome. That's that proximity that allows for these happy accidents or whatever to happen. So I think that that's, worth noting that, okay, even though they didn't write all their cuts with him, they know him well, they can get him the songs, they know what he does, so they can either write for him or aim their pitches strategically because they know what he does. But I was kind of surprised by that, by how many, I don't know if I'd call them outside songs, but how many songs he didn't co-write or on this record. Yeah, that's that's really interesting to me, actually. Yeah. So you just, again, you're breaking it down and trying to see the relationships. I remember one time I was that last publishing deal I, I was at, you know, I was getting kind of deep in this stuff going, okay, how do I make the relationships happen? How do I split the atom? How do I operate inside the matrix here? And I was getting this the days before I had the huge whiteboard, you might know, like floor to ceiling whiteboard. I have in my office right now. Mm-hmm. And I was doing like flip pieces of butcher block paper, whatever the big board, you, you flip it over, like let's draw on this and flip it over. And here's you know, like the easel. And I was doing that kind of stuff. I had one in my house, like on a big old tripod in my office. And I'd like put the artist at the center. That's who I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to the artist for this matrix here is like okay who are his co-writers and i'd put the co-writers around circling the artist with a spoke in like a wheel going okay that's who they that's who he writes with okay who's their publishing company well these guys are over at this publishing company and this girl's over here at this publishing company okay and i'm starting to figure out my path to eventually work my way into that room 
either for pitching or for writing going, okay, oh, they write for Seagale. So artist is writing with writer X, writer X is signed to Seagale. Okay, well, do I know anyone that's over at Seagale? Oh, maybe I write with so-and-so at Seagale. Okay, maybe I can get them to pull me into the room with this guy. And we write, and if we hit it off and it goes well, we get some good stuff. Maybe that, boom, I'm, I'm inching my way closer to this artist. I'm moving through the matrix. So, yeah, love that. And so, but my publisher, he, he didn't really, he wasn't really into all that. <laughs> I was like, dang it. Really? Uh, He's not just like pitching. I'm like, this is the way that so much of publishing that is successful is happening. It's, it's writer management. It's not just song plugging. It's writer management. So this allows you to do some of that on your own to start charting the relationships. Who do I need to get to if I want to get a song here? And it's trying to see the relationship network. And that way you can see where maybe there's a spot for you to insert yourself and start working your way through. Because if you're good and you're good hang, you'll be able to work yourself through there. But it's like finding an entry point, you know, like where's the open door? Where's the, where's the crack in the armor here? All right. So uh, those are some of the, the major relationships on this record. So number of co-writers. I thought this was interesting because uh, I'm, as I'm looking down through the report, the number of co-writers is jumping out at me. So only one song has a solo writer on it. And that's Cover Me Up by Jason Isbell. So that's the only song oh, on there with a solo write. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You had three songs with two co-writers. And this is out of 30. So 10% has two or less, or well, a little bit more than 10% has four out of 30 have two or less writers. Then you get to three writers, and that's the most. You have like 14 songs that have three co-writers. Okay. Nine of the songs have four co-writers. Mm. One of the songs has five co-writers. And two of the songs have six co-writers on the song now we're starting to sound like la <laughs> oh no doubt because I'm, I'm looking through they're going uh, do i know who these people are and what they bring to the table because i'm sure there's like a track person in there somebody that who's mainly like a producer that is bringing in vibe and track and then who knows how else it all worked out some of the name a lot of the names i don't recognize on those six song you know, those six writer songs but l- let's talk about that so why are you getting more people why is there only one on there that's a solo right and again, that's an outlier. Morgan discovered it because he loved the song from Jason Isbell. Not like it was pitched or obviously not written with him. So there's a little bit of an outlier. So the other ones, why do we have more writers on songs? I think there are a couple of reasons. One is efficiency. If I know I have a co-write with so-and-so going up today, for like for myself, I'm a lyricist. So, I mean, if I'm going to finish a song and it's going to be worth a flip, I need to get in the room with a good melody person. So part of it is just complementary strengths, right? Hey, you have a strength. You got the peanut butter. I got the chocolate. Let's get together and make a tasty Reese's peanut butter cup. Right. So that's part of it. Another part of it is the efficiency. Like I only have to come up with part of it. You know, we're bouncing song ideas off each other and melody ideas and lyric ideas off each other. And it can just keep the ball moving and keep us from that boredom or feeling stuck. And so you just kind of can get more songs written that way. So that's part of it. The other part is the networking political leverage part of it going, okay, well, if I'm writing with a guy at Sony and so now I got Sony pushing from his part of it. I got I'm right, another person in the room is from Warner Chapel. Now you got Warner Chapel if they love it. They're on board. They're pushing it. You got me pushing it with my team, whoever they might be. Or even if I don't have one, I'm pushing. Maybe we got the artist in the room. Well, that's obvious, the value there. You know, we're writing with Morgan. We don't have to go, does that sound like something Morgan would say? You just go, hey, Morgan, will you say that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> makes it a little so obviously it makes sense to have him in there. Uh, maybe a track person's in there because, hey, they can make it sound great while we're still writing it. 
And so you're already like vibing on it and sound like a hit even more so. So I think that's some of the reasons the, the expanding number of co-writers in a room is just, you know, it's fun and it's, uh, it keeps the ball bouncing and you have more people working it. So I think that's part of the reason I have more co-writers these days. So if you're not a co-writer and you want cuts, think about it because it's a great way to network with people and to expand your brand. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. I think it's terrifying to some writers that are um, self-contained to think about co-writing. And yeah. I've, you know, dealt with it a couple of times with different artists of mine where I've kind of like gently forced them into yeah. <laughs> a co-write, you know, but, but it's, I, I, sometimes I think like writers or artists forget, like if you're not savvy to how the co-writing thing works, you feel like if you co-write with them, then you've got to cut the song, right? Or you've got to, it's got to be one of yours. And that's just not the case at all. Right. And even if you plan to always be a self-contained writer, think about this too. Like, what could you learn Yeah. from people who do this all day long for a living? Like, hey, maybe you write a song and it gets a cut and it makes you some money and it gets you in the door from somewhere else because that whole thing factors in, right? Because oh, yeah, they've got sure. connections that you don't have. And You start seeming more legit because you got a cut on somebody? Yeah, man. And then also, like, they're going to have tools. They're going to have tools that you're going to pick up on in that co-write mm -hmm. that's going to make your self-contained writing better, yeah. which is usually, I find, an attention to lyrics. This is a generalization, to be sure, but... So far, most of the completely self-contained writers are these artists that like have these golden voices mm -hmm. and yeah. they're always just getting all the validation that they need their whole life on their voice. And so they naturally kind of, you know, there's no need to really go down that rabbit hole and get the better lyric, right. you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then they do they're like, oh my God, like, you know, I remember Chris Mount, one of my artists, like he, he went from being terrified the first time, like he thought he... He maybe got raped or something afterwards, you know, writing with Anthony Oreo and Klein, your, your brother-in-law. <laughs> he just came out of that like he didn't know what happened. He wasn't sure if he liked it or not. And then uh, that was when he still lived in L.A. and he was just out here mixing. But then 
he moved in and, and then all of a sudden he's doing regular co-writes. He comes skipping like we were roommates for a couple of years. He'd come skipping home. Check out what we just wrote, you oh, know, yeah. and and we just now he's excited about it because he can put his killer voice and he's got a mm-hmm. killer voice to these like to this lyrics. And he's got an idea and he's got another somebody else to play in the sandbox with him to help him hash out that idea and communicate it better. It's just so cool to watch. You know, yeah, it's, it's so much a part of the way things are done in, in Nashville or anywhere else, I think, is just. Cause that's, I mean, how have I gotten to know most of the people I know in the music business? Cause I ended up in a room with them or someone that knows them writing a song. Yeah. And so it's such a natural way of networking and spending time with people and getting to know people because you're in a room together for a few hours. And if you hit it off, you know, you end up talking about life and getting to know each other on a deeper level. And then they know people and then it just keeps spreading and someone become artists. You know, you mentioned uh writer artist, you know, who has two cuts on this record? Who? Thomas Rhett. Thomas Red. Oh, yeah. Country artist. Yep. You might have heard him on the radio. So yeah. Yeah, he has two songs on here called, uh, I think, Whiskeyed My Way and Bartender. Your Bartender. Yes. So he wrote two of those. So, I mean, he's writing songs and he didn't cut those, but Dad Gun Morgan Wallen did. So I thought that was yeah. interesting. Yeah. And so right there, proof positive, right? Yeah. He's in the room with those two guys and he's not in there worried about, God, am I going to hurt their feelings if I don't cut the song? He's just trying to write a good song that maybe isn't going to be his brand even, but it could be a good song. And then somebody else. Could and, you know, Thomas didn't write either of those songs with Morgan. He wrote them with like Red Akins, Matt Dragstrom, one of the producers. Hmm. Maybe the producer brought that in and was like, hey, this is really cool uh, with Josh Thompson. So both those Thomas Rhett songs were uh, Josh Thompson co-writes, but also, yeah, with Matt Dragstrom, who ended up producing a couple of things. So maybe Matt brought those in and that was his way going, hey, here's a great song. You know, hear this demo I produced on it, and it's killer. Yeah. And next thing you know, because I think Matt wrote some other stuff with Morgan on this record. I think I have to look through the all the names, but you know, that was an end. Bring a song in, bring in a hit. Yeah. So yep. I thought that was interesting. Uh, you want to talk about all these songs are killer too. It's all killer, no filler on this. Uh, no, it's so good. Thirty songs. Like, how do you freaking do that? I know. Well, because it's Nashville, baby. There are that many good songs floating around. It's just nice to see somebody Fair cut enough. them. We need more artists to do triple albums. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I think uh, Eric Church has a triple album coming out called Heart and Soul. One's called Heart, one's called Anne, and one's called Soul. So he has oh, like a genius. triple okay. thing coming out. I see what he's doing there. Yep. Uh, all right. So you want to talk about tempos? Love tempos. So we're talking about the writers and stuff. So tempos, the low tempo is coming at 42 BPMs. Guess what? Cover me up. Jason Isbell. So he's like the the outlier on um, all these stats. Uh, but you know what the the high tempo was? It was? There's no big, there's no really jacked up songs on there, I don't think. I think there are a lot of like Mids higher mid-tempo. So I'm going to say like what, maybe 100? Dude, this says Need a Boat. 96? Need a Boat is 160. I don't know how that's possible. So uh, maybe it's a triple meter or something. Yeah, maybe it's one of those. But I double checked Max on that one. God bless you, Max. I was like, can that be right? Have I ever seen that? And I looked it up on tunebat.com, which gives you a lot of that stuff. And it says, sure enough, it said 160. I was like, dad gum. Okay. Maybe it's some sort of need a boat. Need a boat. It's on the second part of it. So yeah, that's I thought that was crazy because it didn't feel like it, it's not didn't feel like a, a dance number. Let's uh pull it up here. If they're long bars, then it might feel like an 80. BPM. Yeah. Yeah. So if they're like halftime or something. So anyway, I thought that was interesting, but yeah. So I've got confirmation off another site that that's what they said it was too. So I thought that was interesting. Um, 
Let's see. So most of them tended to fall within the 70 to 90 range, like upper 60s to like mid 80s is where yeah. most of them fell. Okay, so your normal pop song, that normal BPM for an up-tempo is going to be 120, right? Right around mm-hmm. in that range. And so that mid-tempo is going to be like right in there. And so just a lot of mid-tempo yeah. stuff, things by design. This isn't like a revved up album. Yeah. It's awesome, but it's a very specific feel to it, which I like. Yeah, and also they help bring the energy with some of his phrasing. Super fast phrasing in some of the songs make it feel maybe like a yes. higher tempo because he's doing some rapid fire lyrical phrasing and stuff. Yes. It may yes. be said as far as BPMs, but if you're talking about the words that are coming out of his mouth, it ramps up the energy that way. Yes. So there's some other ways I think they play with the energy aspect of it. Yeah, and so most of them, yeah, upper 60s to low 80s. And you say, uh, hold on, you, and you say play with it, the energy. It's like in that situation, like mm-hmm. with the rapid fire stuff, like you got to slow it down or you can't get them in. Exactly, yeah. So it's got to be, like when I'm producing song demos, like I'm listening for that. Because mm-hmm. maybe it feels really good, like when you get going, but then the singer gets in and, it's and a train the vocalist, and, and it's like, yeah, okay, whoa, this is a mess. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta yeah. take this back a little bit, and then, but, but that just shows you that that vocal is what's going to carry it, you know, and it's not going to be necessarily the beat. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not the, the drive through the vocal. And yeah, it's not like dragging. It's, it's still mid, but it's it feels yeah. like energy. And plus, you can make some of those big. So there are different ways. Inter, you know, tempo in the only way you can bring energy. Sometimes it's yeah. production making stuff sound huge. Other times it's vocal phrasing, that kind of stuff, bringing more energy. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, some of the other higher ones you had uh, between 111 and 130, you had six of them out of the 30, between 111 and 130. There you go. So, yeah, those are more the tempo ones. I thought that was interesting. So thing is, I'm not sure where you define a ballad, uh, but definitely if you're in the 40s, okay, well, you need to be Jason Isbell. Yeah, that was definitely on the low end. None were in the 50s. And then once you get in the upper 60s, that's that country mid really started hitting. Yeah, that's like the low end of the country mid where it can be, it can come off like a ballad, but it's not. It's not you know, yeah. so it's like you're sneaking it in on radio because I got to play your ballad. <laughs> exactly. I'd say like uh, it's Sand in My Boots, which is the leadoff track. Yeah. It's 70 BPM. And that's yeah. laid back, you know, it's laid back. It's so good, though. Lyrical content and the imagery and stuff is just great. So it's a good kickoff to the album. Uh, let's take another look here. Um, subject matter. All right. So we got 30 songs here. Hopefully I counted them all right. And this adds up to 30. But if you talk about love songs, there were 11 out of 30. Okay. Lost love songs, or you're going to hurt me. I know it. <laughs> Starting out songs are 13. And then songs that are more like party, beer, country life, six. <laughs> So, and it's interesting that even a lot of the love songs or lost love songs that kind of tackle that, and that's kind of the reason for the song, are really hardcore into the country life part of it. For example, bottle liquor. Uh, well, there's that, but uh, let's see here. Let me look at one here. I'm just looking through the list of all this stuff. So, thank you again. Uh, More than my hometown. Okay, so that's a lost. I categorize that as lost love. Yeah. So if you, we've done a whole episode on more than my hometown. So you can go yeah. check that. I'm not sure the episode, but it's a couple back. 
But that whole thing is I like, I love you more than my hometown. I can't love you more than my hometown. And so he, they dive into the hometown, what that's about. And so that's very much country life. You're wrapped around this lost or about to lose a love thing. So even when it's a lost love thing or a found love thing, there's still so much country life in there. Let's see. Um, Rednecks, red le- letters, red dirt is just a remembering how a hometown can kind of cleanse your soul, man. When I need that, I, I got to go back to rednecks, red letters, red dirt, red letters being Bible, red dirt, you know, just the small town rednecks of people. So that's a very much a country life kind of song. Uh, Blame it on me is a, is a new love thing, but it's definitely country boy, new love. Cause it's like, Hey, if you, you know, annoy your next boyfriend, cause you want to, crank up Brooks and Dunn instead of his pop music, you can blame that on me. If you want to go hang out in the country with your next guy instead of, you know, instead of like in the city, you can blame it on me. Yeah. If your friends wonder what's going on because of what you're cranking on the radio, you can blame it on me. So it's, it's very much country boy, country life, country pep rally, but wrapped around like a love song, right? Um, what else? There's another one I thought was kind of cool. What you think of country now, which is basically you were city girl. You kind of rolled your eyes when you first Maybe now you, I can't drag your butt out of the woods kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think of country now? Um, I Need a Boat is you know, the big tempo one we talked about, which didn't feel like that big of a tempo one. But I think it's like all the things in life he doesn't need to just break it up with someone, but he does need a boat. <laughs> you know, like I need a boat, get on the water, ease my mind kind of thing. I don't need all this other stuff now that we broke up, but dang, I need a boat. So it's still yeah. wrapped up in this very country boy, country life kind of thing. Yeah. So that is definitely a part of his persona, of his stuff. So if you're going to write, what that tells me is, yeah, definitely there's a lot of drinking songs on there. Whiskey'd My Way, Beer Don't. You know, so he ain't, he's not scared of singing about drinking. And he's sure not scared about singing about fishing or being on the water or country life stuff. Like, okay. But he doesn't talk about city stuff. It's not Lady A singing about downtown. Why don't you ever take me downtown anymore? I don't think he ends mm-hmm. up downtown one time in this 30 songs. He ends up at the beach on one, but he's on his way back by the time the song starts. <laughs> he's looking back on it, you know? So he has a specific <laughs> yeah. lane that he occupies, and it's red dirt one lane out in the middle of nowhere. And so looking through this stuff going, okay, well, he'll good. He'll sing about found love or pursuing the girl. He'll sing about losing the girl or I'm going to lose you. But even those, I bet if I, I need to break it down further, like how many of those are tempos? You know, are they, any of these lost love things, are they ballads? where he's sad. I think the one, I think they're like all mid, maybe up whiskey my way over you is I lost you, but I'm over you now. So there's hope, but I whiskey my way over you. That's 62 BPMs. So laid back kind of slow, but it's still like he came out the other side, you know, beer wouldn't do it, whatever. So I whiskey my way over you. Uh, wondering about the wind is more kind of acoustic-y. Mm-hmm. And that's 91 BPM, so it's still not really dragging. And so they they move. Even the ones where it's like more than my hometown, where I'm going to lose you because I'm not leaving here. It moves and it feels good. The course feels great. So there's just a lot of that kind of stuff. That even when it's a it's a breakup or a lost love or I'm going to lose my love thing, they don't sit around wallowing in self pity. They're tempo. They, they yeah. move and make it feel good. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna if you're gonna break my heart, make it feel good. Yeah. So it's not really a cry my beer song. It still feels good. And so look at this stuff. Let me think of a Neil Diamond song. Oh. <laughs> um, so that's something you want to look at as well. 
And, and just to kind of wrap it up, we have more stuff on the Artist Insight Report as far as like the key of each of these songs. You can break down the BPMs, the subject matter, like, hey, what's the vibe of the music? You can look at that. You can, what's the subject matter? They break all that out. And so that's just helpful stuff. If you want to aim at an artist, like that's what this is for. So you, you listen to the record, you look at this to help you see the trees that make up the forest and see if you can you know, build a tree that belongs to that forest is a weird way of putting it. But uh, so there's more stuff in there that we're not going to get into. But if you are a Songwriting Pro member, I definitely encourage you to go there and check out the, the Artist Insight Reports. I think I said before, we have Blake Shelton, Jake Owen, Daly and Vincent, Brad Paisley, and we got a bunch more in the can that will be coming soon. So hopefully y'all will use that. It will Definitely help. That would be a bad thing to, to, to offer climbers, man, like for a download, free download. Oh, yeah, not, yeah, not a bad idea. So put my interns to good use. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Set that up on ClickFunnels and make it happen. Uh, that's right. Good idea, Johnny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah they are to help you, so get, help you to get cuts and help you to kind of see what's really going on, what's really getting cut, and to see hopefully where some opportunities are. And it can be frustrating going, oh, well, he wrote half this record himself and or and he wrote the rest of it with the same kind of crew of people, but Hey, it means if there's outside stuff, you just got to figure out how to how to get it there. And one of the main things is to go, what do they? What does he like to sing about? What does he like to write about? What is he? What belongs in his lane? What belongs on this record? What is his brand? What is his brand? It's helping you understand the brand. Yeah, I, I and I, not for nothing. Like, go listen to the record. Just oh yeah, listen to it all. Like it's it's. I loved it. I loved every song on that record. I thought was just so well done. Yeah, and different too. I mean, it's not all the same thing over and over for sure. Yeah, well, it's just the other thing. It didn't feel cookie cutter. He's kind of, he's not as far out as like Eric Church. You know what I mean? But right. he's like got that vibe, that cool vibe that Church has. Mm-hmm. And also just a little closer to the mainstream somehow. Yeah. Like he's got a foot and straddling both of those. That's super cool, man. And and he's a singer fool too. He can, oh, yeah. He's, yeah. It's a great voice. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. And that's Big Loud shirt, right? This Big Loud Records. Uh, Big Loud, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's um, Wiseman, Craig that. Wiseman's company. Yeah. That's Joey Moy. That's yeah. They're all part of that. Just a bunch of this. Yeah. So they found him. I think he was on a reality show. He's like on The Voice or Idol or something. I think. Morgan Wallen was. I think so. And then I'm, I need to check that real quick because I didn't yeah, know who check- he was till he started releasing records. Let's see here. Yeah, 2014, season six. Oh, look at that. Oh, he's such a baby. <laughs> so well, there you go. So so he he, he well, he's one of the few who turned that into something. God bless you. Yeah. I'd be curious to see the route he took from that to getting on people's radar to making stuff happen. There you go. So yeah, climbers, man, I hope this is helpful to you. Just kind of peeling the onion a little bit because it's easy to listen to records and it, we kind of float along the surface of it. But then to go, okay, if I really want to write something for this person, what, what do they talk about? Can I put something in a key that when they hear the demo, oh, yeah, they can sing along because it's right in their wheelhouse. I want to hire a demo singer and key it a certain way. Why don't I key it in one of their favorite keys? Like some, I think they'd sing it in. We can look at stuff like ranges, vocal ranges, you know, like where can I fit it so this person can actually sing it if you're targeting a specific artist. Yeah, I mean, that, so I was going to say, like, when we're doing song demos, and I know that the writer has this song for, let's say, like, Blake Shelton, mm-hmm. then, okay, then I got a couple singers I'm already thinking about. Yeah. That I know I'm going to be able to go down there and do that thing well. Mm-hmm. 
And then, yeah, we're going to key it that way. Yeah. To get as close as you can for that certain thing. And if you're the writer that has the rig at home and you can do all this stuff, you want to be thinking about that too. Yeah. Maybe you bring in a singer that you know can, if it's not in your range, right? Mm -hmm. If it's not in your wheelhouse, then you bring in somebody who can do it and play around with it like that. Yeah. And the tempo too. You know, when I have th three different versions of it just for giggles. Man, play around, play around. Don't be scared. So as you said, you're not going to go to hell if it sucks. I think you said that on That's right. a recent episode. <laughs> Somebody pulled that out, quoted that on Facebook or something. Or on LinkedIn. <laughs> not going to go to hell if it sucks or if it blows. These are what you yeah. said. Not go to hell if it, just because the song blows. That's like, true. That's right. Try. <laughs> That's right. So what are we worried? What are we really worried about? Here? Exactly. <laughs> Have some fun in the sandbox, but be intentional. That's, that's the point of the artist insight reports. Like if you want to get cuts, study this stuff because yeah, people are, they're being intentional. So do you want to leave it just to the, your competition to really be thinking about how to get cuts? And you just want to just go, oh, just kind of fly by the seat of my pants and just see what happens. Do you want to be that guy? Who do you think has a better chance? It's songwriter hacking. I mean, just deconstruct that thing, pull it apart. Look at the lyrics. Look at the structure of the song. Look mm -hmm. at the tempo. Look at the key. Look at the artist. Think about like that lyric and if somebody else sang it, it wouldn't work. Yeah. And how it all sort of comes together like that. If you're the artist too, you got to be intentional about that. I remember the story that um, I went and saw Travis Meadows at Third and Lindsley, who's like one of my favorites, right? If you haven't heard Travis Meadows' Killing Uncle Buzzy record, you need to go listen to that. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And he's got some story, man. You think you had a hard life. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, cancer when he was 14 years old. Both his parents died when he was young and just trying to get through this whole thing himself and turned into the victim for seven years and went to the bottom of a bottle. And he'll tell you, it's like when I was drunk, man, he goes for seven years, just so you get the impact of what I'm getting over. I never had a hangover <laughs> yeah. for seven years because he never sobered up. Yeah, Like he's waking up in the morning, like slash with a glass of Jack and Coke, you know, he packs it with ice at night so he can wake up and hit it right away, you yeah. know? And he talks about getting on the bus with Eric Church. Mm -hmm. And Eric Church is like, you know, the only reason you're on this bus is because you're not like all those Nashville writers. Like Eric knows his brand. Eric yeah. is very intentional about who he's going to write with and who he's not going to write with. Yeah. Because it's not his brand. And unless you can get your head around that, man. As a songwriter, knowing how to fit into that brand. Mm -hmm. And as an artist, being aware, self-aware of what that brand is. If you don't know, you need to find out. Yeah. So that's killer, man. I love this. We should do a couple more of these. That's cool. Yeah, we, I got a bunch in the hopper. So <laughs> no, awesome. no lack of content. Thanks. Thank you, uh, Max. Thank you, Dawson. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. <laughs> right. Thank you. I got a crew working on this stuff. Well, killer. Um, so if you're, uh, our, I know, what's our call to action? If you're a Songwriting Pro member, if you're a subscriber, go. It's in the member area. Check out the Artist Insight Reports. We got more there, more coming out. I'm starting to queue them up where every week they drop. And if you're not a songwriting pro member, you're missing out on a lot of good stuff. You've already mentioned us talk about like jam sessions and co-writer cafes. You get discounts on some of the events I do like to play for publisher, but it doesn't matter where you are in the world, or if you don't already know somebody in the music business, I'm here to help you connect to the music business where if you got the goods, I want to help you get the goods, right? So you you can hear and understand what people are wanting the value you can bring as a writer, then I provide an opportunity for you to beat other songwriters and for you to meet the pros. So it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, don't know anybody. Come on in. We'll get to know you.
So that's songwritingpro.com slash inside if you're interested in taking a look at the community, songwritingpro.com slash inside. There you go. Love it, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another killer climb episode. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.